I'm going to ask you guys something that uh, I asked the youth group. We were studying this on Wednesday night, um, and I'm going to ask you a question that I asked them. And this is in all seriousness, I, I, I just, this has been a burden that has been put on my heart for a long time now. Um, how many of us are on fire for God right now? Couple? Okay. Here's the thing. How many of us, how many of us do our lives reflect the fire that is inside of us? How many of us, when we come in contact with people, they're changed forever because they see the face of Jesus Christ in us? See, this is the thing. I got a similar reaction from the youth um, on Wednesday night. Actually, it was, it was a little bit different. None of them raised their hand. <laughs> um, but not to, this, this message is not to come down on people. This message, I want to encourage you guys this morning. Because we know Hebrews 13 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But the thing is, is that do we actually live our lives like that? Because I walk around and, and I talk to a lot of people and I see a lot of people and there's so many times that we just walk in defeat, man. It looks like we're just, you know, our, our shoulders are slunched over, you know, and, and we're just kind of walking to the next thing that God has, you know. Okay, I got to go to work today now. Now I got to go and take the kids to sports or whatever that you do. But see, the, the thing is, is that I don't see that in this book. I don't see when we have the spirit of God living inside of us that we react this way. What I see is joy. What I see, and this is the big thing and that we're going to talk about today, is I see power. That's the word that the Lord gave me today is power. And I need more power because the word tells us, he tells us in, in Ephesians 5, he says that, man, this is, I'm going to turn there before so because I don't want to misquote it. It says, therefore, Ephesians 5, 15 says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Because why? The days are evil. So then do not be foolish, verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And here's the key now. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God and the filling of the Spirit is not this one-time thing. When we become saved, we, are, we have the Spirit in us. But I'm going to show you from Acts chapter 4, as we flip back over there, I'm going to show you from Acts 4 that the, these men and women that were used by God we're constantly being refilled with the Spirit. Because the thing is, guys, is that if we don't do that, we're going to be dry and bland and we're not going to have any power to go out and fulfill the calling that God has put on our lives. 
I am completely, I'm just, I'm tired of an anemic church. Listen to this now. And again, I got to watch myself. I don't want to get too hard here. But listen to this word. We have the spirit of the living God inside of us. There is no reason why we should walk around defeated. We should be, see, the problem is, is that what the culture has done, culture has changed the church more than the church has changed the culture. We have started to conform to the ways of the culture as opposed to the culture looking at us and being changed by what they see in us. Christian means Christ-like, looking like Jesus Christ. So we have to take an honest assessment of our lives. And this is me. Understand this. I, the Lord was, was tearing me apart. And, and there's many of you in here who know that were praying for me that know that the Lord was tearing me apart first before this message comes to you. So I'm not preaching at you. This is, this is being preached to me too. So let's open up and, and, and I look at this verse. And this is the way that I want us to, hopefully what we get out of this is, I want us to look at Scripture in a different way today. Scripture should be moving. Scripture should be changing our lives. It should not be this thing of, okay, I get to read the word. Where am I, I going to go today? Yeah, that looks good. And you can ask any one of the youth, and they'll probably laugh. I'll look at them right now. They'll probably laugh is after we read this verse, I started to ask them, so what did you get out of it? Teach me from this verse, from this passage. And it was, well, this was pretty cool. That was all right. That was kind of cool. And the thing is, guys, is that this is life-changing. When I read what we're going to read right now, this changes the way that I live my life. Because, again, we know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the same spirit that empowered Peter and John that we're going to read about is the same spirit that lives in us. And they were able to overcome things that looked insurmountable. And they did it with joy. They did it with boldness. So let's look at the, at the word. I'm actually going to pray before we get in the word. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time that we get to come and just be in your presence, oh God. Father, I just ask right now that your Holy Spirit would move, move in power, move in might. Fill us now. Let us see the word as you intended it to be seen, Father God, and then apply it to our lives, Lord. We don't want to just be sitting idly by, Father God, but we want to be changed. We want to be different. We want to be like Jesus. So, Lord, I pray right now. I pray right now, oh God. Penetrate our hearts and move mightily. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's look at the text. So Acts chapter 4, I'm just going to start reading. It's, I'm going to read through uh, to 31, and then we're going to kind of dissect it a little bit. 
So as they were speaking to the people, this is Peter and John, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain guard, and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, was there. And Caiaphas, which is his uh, son-in-law, and John, his son, and Alexander, who we think is his son, and all who were of high priestly descent, they were there. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Now listen. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers. That's awesome. Rulers and elders of the people. If we are on trial today for the benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so it will not spread any further. Sorry, I lost my spot here. Among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer in this name. And when they summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. When they threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis to punish them on account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And when they were released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. By the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, 
Why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against Christ. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentile, Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand, your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant your bondservants uh, that they may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. When I read that, I'm excited. And the reason that I'm excited is there's a few reasons that I'm excited. The first thing that we need to understand as we break this down, verse 1 through 12, is where they're facing this persecution. And they're going up and they're facing the rulers, the elders, the, the, the uh, uh, high priestly family. And yet they stand there in confidence and in boldness. And we need to understand something because at the very longest from this time, it was only about two months prior to this that these men saw the same people crucify our Lord. Understand that. They weren't just standing there and like, well, who are these guys? They physically saw these same people take Jesus and put him on the cross. So you want to talk about a tough situation? See, here in America, we've got it relatively easy still. I think that's changing. But the thing is, is that when we look at this, they recognize them. So now think about, put yourself in John and Peter's shoes. I just saw you crucify my Lord not long ago. What are you going to do to me? Right? What are you going to do to me? But they don't respond that way because they didn't care. I'm a former police officer. I know I've said this a couple times, but the one thing, the one thing, when I was when I was on the road and I was looking at things, the one thing, the scariest thing I should say, was running up against a guy who didn't care. What and he just didn't care. He didn't care what you did to him. See, the thing is, is that now if you flip that for us, how does that apply to us? Peter and John, they had a work to do. They didn't care if they died. Because they knew, Jesus told them, prior to this, he told them, you are going to face trials of many kinds, various trials. We are going to go through this. You are going to be persecuted. Luke 12, verse 12, and Luke 21, verse uh, 12 through 15, he actually speaks exactly to this point. And he says, in the time that we are persecuted, do not, I'm going to repeat that, do not worry about what you're going to say. 
Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to give you utterance. Now I'm going to ask, and, and this is again, be interactive here. How many of us are afraid to share our faith with other people? Oh, come on, there's more than one or two, right? Okay. How about this? How many of you guys have been a part where you shared and led somebody to Christ? Okay. I'm going to tell you something. That's why we're all here. This is the reason that we're here because we have a dying generation out there. And it saddens me. We have a dying generation out there that is waiting to hear the word of God and waiting to hear hope. If you just ask people, what is it? They need hope. We have that hope. But in order to get that hope, I know for myself, I get afraid sometimes. I get afraid to speak. This, what I'm doing now, terrifies me. Speaking to the youth, I'm not comfortable doing that. Speaking to a couple people, Nick and I are talking, and I'm fine talking to people like that. But this is scary. But why? Why am I scared? I shouldn't be. Because I have this spirit that lives inside of me. And you need to understand something too, because these men, Jesus is going to come through and show himself proved in this situation. You need to understand that he is victorious. We fight from victory with him. We do not fight for it. We just need to be able to surrender ourselves and let him just use us. That's what it is, surrender. That's the hardest thing to do, though. The hardest thing is to surrender. Because I want control. But it says in verse 8, they're going through this, and I love this. If you, I call it the buts, because you, you look at, at Peter, it says, but Peter filled with the Holy Spirit in verse 8. It makes specific mention of that. Why? Because that's the key. It was not by Peter's might. Remember, Peter fled. Peter sat there, and what did he do? He cowered away, and he denied Jesus and even swore 60 days earlier. But now he can sit here in front of the rulers of the land and say, no, it is because of the one that you killed, the one that you crucified, that is the name that we are talking about today. And that's the only reason why this person is healed and why he's, why he's up and walking. But it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he brought the truth of the word to them. And the next part, as we look at verse 13, he says, and this is where I feel comfortable because I fit into this description. Now, as they observed the confidence, at least the first part of this description, of Peter and John, they understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. It was funny. We were praying last night, and my sister Karen said, just think of it like speech class, you know, just think of it like speech class. You know, and what they taught you, I was like, I failed speech class twice, so I'm not going to think about it that way. But, but the thing is, is that 
And, and this is where it gets real, guys. Um, <laughs> I've talked to a lot of you guys. I've ministered to a lot of you guys. Some of you guys I don't know. I pray that I get the opportunity to, though. This is why God put us on this earth. I know in this room that there are many people here that are struggling. I know in this room that there are many people here that are not living this life. And man, do I want it for you. There is nothing more important than this word and what Jesus has done for us. I need to tell you something. My situation, my wife said this to me the other day, and, and it made me laugh, but then it, I kind of was thinking, I was like, man, that kind of stinks, is she said, ever since you got saved and then the family was saved 10 years ago, our life has been hard, man. Our life has been extremely, extremely difficult. But I praise God for that. Because I can stand up here and tell you that it is because of those hard times that he's brought me to my knees to get into this word and to read his promises so that I can stand firm when I go out there and I don't want to go to work because I'm about to fall apart. When it seems like my family's falling apart, like my world is crumbling down. I can stand firm because this is an example. Peter and John are my example. They are your example to live this life with abandon. Just go to Jesus, live in the spirit, and start moving. Because what does he tell us? He says it right here. In a, go back to Ephesians. He says it. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. We are in the end times, people. This is the last days. And the only thing that we're going to be recognized for, some of you guys, God has blessed you with money. And I have to check my spirit because I get jealous. You know? but, but, but seriously, in all honesty, some of you guys have been blessed with money. Some of you guys have been blessed with, with, with a, great, a great job, great family life, great this, great that. Those are great. But none of these things matter unless we are bringing people to Jesus Christ. Nothing. We come to church a lot of times, Right? Okay, man, the band was great, and, 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 and thank you guys, by the way. The band was great, and, you know, pa oh, man, pastor was on point, and, you know, and, and the coffee was hot. Sorry, we didn't have any coffee for Nick, but the coffee was hot and all these things. And, and, and the thing is, guys, I want to challenge you. Let's come here and just expect to meet Jesus. Every time I open up this word, I expect to meet Jesus. Every time I come to church, I expect to meet Jesus. But if you actually look at verse 4 in Acts and what they say is, 
I expect to meet Jesus in every single situation that I'm in. And there's proof because why were they there? Why were they on trial? Why were they being persecuted? The reason that they were there and persecuted and on trial was because of what they did in chapter 3. They healed a lame beggar. And people are sitting there thinking, oh, man, what, what were they doing? Look at what it says in verse 1. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple in the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. They were just going to the temple for the hour of prayer. And then the situation presented themselves, presented itself to them, and they handled it. Why did they handle it? Because they were filled with the Spirit, and they recognized, this is from God, and I'm going to jump on it. We walk around like this a lot of times with blinders on, and we can't, we can't see. We can't see the opportunity. They were always looking for the opportunity, always, because they knew that nothing mattered more than this, the Christ that they knew personally. Verse 13 in chapter 4, they recognized them as having been with Jesus. That could be that they literally recognized them as having been with Jesus, right? But take it to us 2,000 years later. When people look at you, do they recognize you as being with Jesus? When I come here, guys, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. You need to understand that this church means so much to me because we've, we've, we've weeped, we've cried, we've laughed, we've rejoiced, we've had unbelievable times together. As you can see from our greeting time, for those of you guys that visited, it's hard to reel you guys back in, and that's a good thing. But the thing is, I know in my hard times, I need Jesus. I know that when, when it seems like there's no other answer, I need Jesus. I know that even when things are going good, I still need Jesus. The enemy loves to distract us. He doesn't have to. You need to understand this. He doesn't have to put a big barrier in your way. He can just nudge you a little bit and get you off track. It's kind of like when we were shooting for the SWAT team. If I sat there and I pointed my gun, and I was a little bit off up close, it wouldn't make much of a difference. When I shot that gun, wouldn't make much of a difference. But if you put that target at 150 yards, I'm not even on the map. I'm not even close. I'd be kicked off the SWAT team. We're not kicking you out of church, but I'd be kicked off the SWAT team. But I look at my spiritual life like that. Am I standing on this word? Am I standing on the promises? Guys, so many of us are living with hard situations, just like I said. So many of us are living with hard situations right now, but yet we never go to the cross. We never go to Jesus. And then we just continue to sit in that same place. I don't want that. I do not want that for my life. The Holy Spirit moved in power here. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit moves in power today too. How many of us want to see that power? Amen, right? 
so let's start doing what it says. What happens? They face it. They stand boldly. They tell them, verse 20, for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. It was so ingrained in their heart that they had to speak it. When you are that close to Jesus and filled with his spirit, it's like a burning in your bones. That's the only way I can describe it. It's a burning in my bones that I need to speak this out because people are dying. I've got to tell you. I have to. Because if I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to you guys. That's the same thing that we have to do here, guys. And so he says, when they were released, verse 23, when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that had happened. Think about this. The priests and the elders knew. They knew who Jesus was. You want to know why? Because in Matthew 28, they were the ones that actually paid the guard to tell them to lie about what had happened to Jesus. So they knew that this was true, but yet they still told them to stop. They knew, they knew that the tomb was empty. They paid off the guard, tell them it'll save your lives, guards, and it'll make it easier for us. They knew it, but yet what happened when they released them because they found no fault and nothing that they could do? When they released them, they went to a prayer meeting. They prayed. They exalted Christ. They exalted God, and they came together. And it says with one voice, their voices with one accord, they lifted them up. And what did they say? Jump down to verse 29. Lord, take note of their threats and grant your bondservants not that life would be easier, Grant your bondservants that we may go out there again and speak boldly again. Because, again, I don't care. This life is not mine. This life is his. He afforded me to be here today. And I just feel strongly led. that we need more of this in our lives. We see the world. Just turn on the TV. Ugh, I can't stand looking at the TV, but just turn it on and see. Up is down, down is up. Things are crazy out there now, and it's just getting worse. So what are we going to do? Sit here and sit in another Bible study and let our heads get fat? Or are we going to actually get out there and share the knowledge? See, the thing that happens is being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and being filled with him is an ongoing thing because it says right here at the end, they were filled in Acts 2, again filled in 3, and now when you look in 4, it says Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you go into this prayer meeting that they have, and in 31 it says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken, uh, the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, and all we're filled with the Holy Spirit. He continually fills us because we are leaky vessels. How many of you guys have, have, have ministered to somebody and then just felt completely drained, worn out, right? 
the reason why is because when we're sitting there and we're, and we're ministering to somebody or pouring into somebody, we leak. We're pouring our lives out into them. And that's the thing is because it's a hard job. It's personal. That's another thing. You guys, we have to be personal. We have to love people. That's what we're missing, love. If you look at chapter 3, when they're looking at the lame beggar, what does he say? Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him, and what did they say? They said, look at us. Eye contact, connection. It wasn't like this. Okay, I see the lame beggar, and there's some change, and I'm going to keep on walking. It was, I'm making eye contact with you. Look at me. Look at what I'm telling you because what I have to say is vital for the rest of your life. And I have no clue. Sometimes I have no clue what to do, it seems like. I feel like I'm run down, worn out, and I'm just weary. But when I get back in his word and I get back into prayer and I pray in private with him, he fills me. And I need that filling. We need this filling. We need to live with eternity on our minds, people, because the things of this world don't matter. C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity, he said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought the most of the next world. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of eternity, they have become so ineffective in this world. The Bible speaks of our, our crowns that we have. That's, that's the people we come in contact with. That's the people we minister to. That's the people that end up hearing about Jesus Christ and get saved. If I could preach one thing to you guys today, it would be let's get out there and start preaching the word of God in boldness and in truth. It's not for pastor. It's not for the leadership only. It's for us. They all did it. And so I wanted to ask you guys one thing, and then we're going to, We're going to close here, but I just wanted to ask you one thing. Yes, I have a flip phone. If there's anybody that came into this place weary, Maybe I'm just speaking to myself. But if there is anybody that came into this place spiritually drained, if there's anybody that came into this place needing more of Christ, if there's anybody that came into this place that is hurting, I want to pray. I can't do anything for you, but God can. I look into this audience. I see my brother Bill, heart attack, should be dead. He's here. 
Why? Because we prayed. We got on our faces and we cried out to God and he's here. He's here. I look at people who have gone through health issues. I look at people who have lost jobs. I look at people whose families are falling apart. I'm not going to call anybody out. Bill was a good one. He was saved. But I look at people who are sitting here who have gone through unbelievable trials and who are going through unbelievable trials. I'm one of them. And I know you need prayer because I do. I need the spirit of God to work afresh in my life. So I'm just going to give some time here. And I don't know what he's going to do. This always scares me because I'm not in control. I'm not in control of this time. But if you are somebody, and I'm raising my hand with you, that needs a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, please come up.